You're listening to The Fashion Detour, a show that provides insights into the minds of creatives within the fashion industry. My name is Michal Goldfein, and I'm sitting down with the creators to talk about their processes, their inspirations, and lessons they've learned along the way. Hi, everyone. I am thrilled because today we have an Emmy Award winning meteorologist with us. Her name is Audrey Puente, and she's just, she's brilliant. I love, um, you know, I love her, not, you know, I love her fashion. I love her reporting. I love her, just her aura and the positivity that she gives off. So how are you doing today? Wow. Can I just start off by saying it felt so good to hear you say Emmy award-winning meteorologist. (laughs) I love it. Oh my goodness. Well, that was just really recent, right? Yes, very recent. I just received the award. Well, I won the award in April, but I just received the award in the mail about two weeks ago. So it it almost felt like I was winning all over again when I actually got the award. (laughs) And it was, I I saw your Instagram and I saw you're like holding it, the Emmy and you're beaming. Oh my God. I'm still glowing. It's just, it's amazing. It's all shiny and brand new. And I look at it every morning when I wake up, I have it in, in, in a place in my bedroom where I can see it first thing in the morning. So Oh, wow. It's like such an amazing career accomplishment. And I want to get to that. But I first would love to know, you know, how you got started in your career as a meteorologist. Okay, I was actually always fascinated with weather. However, it really didn't occur to me as a career until my senior year at undergrad at Syracuse University. I was actually on a path to become a lawyer in the music industry, being that I came from a musical family, I was sort of the bookworm of the family, and it was kind of expected that I was going to be the one to like be the lawyer for the family. <laughs> it was sort of like implemented in my brain. So my last semester at college, one of my friends literally came to me and said, there's an opening at the in the weather department at the NBC station. And she said exactly to this, you're always watching that stupid weather channel. You should really apply for the internship. <laughs> and I thought, yes, that sounds amazing because it's true. I was always watching the weather channel. And literally I would stand in front of um, a friend's big TV and like mimic the, the motions of the hand motions of following the map and like turn the volume down and pretend that I was actually presenting the weather. Just And I would do it for fun, but it was really like I had such passion for it. So when the internship came up, I jumped in, loved it. The, the weatherman at the time that I was working under, he decided towards the end of the internship to put me in front of the camera to make a tape. And he said to me, have you ever thought about doing this for a career? And I thought, no, I'm like, this is an actual thing. <laughs> like I could do this for real. And he said, absolutely. I think this is a possibility for you. And that was it. I graduated. I told my parents, I'm not going to law school. They said, oh, really? What, what do you plan on doing? And I said, I want to do weather on TV. Yeah. <laughs> they said, okay, well, you know, what are you going to do about that? And I said, well, I'm going to go find a job. And my very first job was actually behind the scenes as a trainee at Fox 5, where I now present the weather. <laughs> 
Wow. So it's all come full circle. Yes. When I returned to Fox 5 to be the on-camera meteorologist, it, it really just blew my mind to walk back in the building and be like, this is where I started. This is amazing. It's unbelievable. And you, I mean, I'm sure it was a tough pill for you. Was it a tough pill for your parents to swallow, your family, that you, the shift? You know, if it was, they never gave that idea to me. It was more like they said to me, okay, if you're not going to law school, you know, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm going to go get a job in television in New York. And I got the job like a few months after graduating from college. So it was never really like, you know, what is this that you're doing? They never really questioned it. They, what they loved about it is that I was so passionate about it. Wow. And so they just supported me. I always felt supported. Even when I left, um, I actually left the business after my first television job and went back to college to get a graduate degree in meteorology. And they still even supported me in that too, because they thought, wait, you're going to Mississippi to do what? <laughs> and, and even when I took my first TV job on air, it was in Savannah, Georgia. And they said, you're going to Savannah, Georgia. What? <laughs> like, wow. They, yeah, it was first like, what is that? And then I would explain it. And they just saw my determination and supported me wholeheartedly. It was wonderful. So tell me a little bit about your family. I know your father is the king of Latin music. Is that correct? Yes, my father was Tito Puente, legendary uh, leader of Latin jazz music, Grammy Award winner. Uh, now I have my own award, which is kind of funny. <laughs> so, yes. Seeing all his Grammys in my house growing up. Now I have uh, an Emmy of my own. Yeah, so uh, I'm, yeah, I'm his daughter, and I have two brothers, one older, one younger, um, two nieces, uh, my mother, you know, like, we're all still around, and everyone has dabbled in the music industry somewhat, except for me. I was the only one who went to television. So did that, did they influence you at all, like in your lifestyle or, you know, I don't know, was it, I mean, obviously it's both like you're, in a sense, I'm saying your father was like more out, was like a performer, right? And you're, there is an element of that, you know, in what you do you know, to be on cam camera, to be comfortable? Like what, what lessons did you learn? Yes, good point. And I do agree with you. Uh, I can recall for as long as I can remember being comfortable being on a stage of some sort. When I was little, I would jump on the stage when my father was playing and, it would, you know, I guess the crowd thought it was cute so that I would pick up a tambourine or a drumstick and, and perform. And then growing up, uh, I was a dancer from a young age. I actually had aspirations of becoming a rockette until um, I found out I was too short to be a rocket <laughs> because at the time you have to be five, six without heels. I think that's still a requirement you, wow. and I'm five, three. So it was, you know, they have very strict guidelines and I did not make the, the cut literally like the height cut. <laughs> so that ended. And uh, then through middle school and, and high school, I was in um, the orchestra. I sang in the choir. I performed in musical musicals of the school. I was also in sports. So there was always, yes, like a comfortable, comfortable factor in performing, whether it's with sports, stage, and now, I guess, television and public speaking. And did the thought ever occur to you to do something in music or anything like that or no? Only when I was at college in undergrad because I was studying to become a lawyer in the music industry. <laughs> that right, was really right. as far as performing. 
in music, no, there, there was never, um, it was never an aspiration of mine. I did have a thought when I attended um, a tour of Berklee College of Music of working behind the scenes in the producer fashion, but being on stage and you know, being a rock star, that, that, was not, that was not in my mindset. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, so speak to me a little bit about um, your Puerto Rican heritage and you know, what that means to you, how that informs you. Very proud of my heritage, 100% Boricua, like we like to say. <laughs> and I would say it influenced me my entire life in the way that Puerto Ricans, and I would say the Spanish culture as a whole, if I may speak for all of the, of the culture, is that we're very passionate about everything. Like Puerto Rican culture is passionate about food, about dancing, music, even in the way they speak, the way they love, the way they dress. Um, everything's done with passion. And I think that was a great influence in my entire life because the greatest lesson my father had ever taught me was to follow my passion, figure out what it is that I love to do, figure out a way to actually have it as a, a job or a career, and it will never feel like work. And he nailed it because I never have those back to work on Monday blues. You'll never hear me complaining about my job. I absolutely love what I'm doing. Um, and please don't tell my boss, but I would actually do it for free. <laughs> Other than the fact that I have bills to pay, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I yes. love that much. It's something that I would do even if I wasn't even getting paid for. I just love it. So right now, you are the weekend, you're the weekend meteorologist. Is that correct? I believe I saw that. Yes, I do Fox weekend. Fox 5 News. On Fox 5, correct. I do the weekend weather. And then during the week, I'm either filling in during the weather or I'm doing feature reporting. So can you explain what, what is a feature reporter? A feature reporter generally is a, a reporter who would do stories on things that are not hard news, meaning crime, not crime. It would be the fun stuff. Like I get to go talk about festivals and arts and things happening in the city, museums opening with specific exhibits. Um, I also get to do weather stories, which is amazing. And, and then weather specials, which is wh where I won my Emmy. <laughs> and so the, I get to do a variety of fun things. That does sound like fun. <laughs> yes. I feel like I would, I would enjoy that. I'm always the type to, I love like exploring, doing fun things with the family. And, um, you know, I always find like these random, you know, random spots to, I'm the, I'm the planner of the family. And I always, yeah. you know. You any of those ideas from a news story that you saw, that was a feature story. And now those are the stories that I would cover. So can you walk us through what a day in the life of, in your life is like, like a, like a work day? What's it like being a meteorologist? What do you have to do every day? <laughs> wow. Um, it's so funny when I, when I hear that question because no day, two days are alike in my life. One, because my work schedule is constantly changing with the exception of Saturdays and Sundays where I'm constantly uh, the weather person. The other days of the week may change, including my days off, what, um, what assignment I have and such. Then you have, then I have three kids who are, you know, flip-flopping through the remote learning and in-person learning currently with the status of the New York City school system. So again, no, no two days are alike. However, in general, when I am presenting the weather, um, usually it's on the evening shift. 
So I spend the first half of my day with my kids and then I would go to work in the afternoon, which already have felt like I already put it a full day, right? With three kids. (laughs) I get to work second shift. And when I get there, I immediately analyze all the weather data. I'm actually a meteorologist. I have a master's degree in geosciences with an emphasis in meteorology. So I analyze all the weather data from a variety of sources on our weather computers, as well as various internet sites and um, basically analyze all the data to come up with what I think the forecast will be for the tri-state area. Once that's done, I create all the graphics that you will see presented on the newscast, and that takes an amount of time. And after that, then it's things like, you know, hair and makeup, get dressed, uh, go over all of the data once again, make sure all my graphics are in place, and then it's airtime. And I probably would think that's about roughly about a three-hour prep. And by the time I'm on the air, I'm well-versed in what the weather is in the area. So I present without, without a script. That, that might be a little fact that most people may not know is that the weather person does not have a script. We all speak, um, we all ad-lib what we, we call ad-lib, the weather forecast, whereas everybody else, meaning the anchors, reporters, sports, they all have scripts, but we don't. And is this a, this might be a strange, is it live? Is it, or can you like, what if you make a mistake? Yes, it is live. I've been doing live television for over 10 years and you learn to just roll through the mistakes. I mean, the greatest thing I think I've ever done in my career, as far as mistakes are concerned, is I smile and keep going like it didn't even happen, right? Because- and and. Kind of, sort of, right? If you, I find if I make less of a reaction about it, some people may have just missed it or not think it's a big deal, right? Yeah. Or, or I'll laugh about it, right? And then we'll all consider it a joke together. Oh my goodness! Yeah, uh, that's that's true. You know, you uh, you know, you're you're. It's like anything in life, you know. Just keep going. Roll with it. Roll with the punches. Exactly. So what are your favorite things? Um, what do you, what do you like better? Is that a, that's probably a tricky question. Do you like the feature reporting better or the meteorology better? Oh, no, that's not a tricky question. I definitely like the meteorology better. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Weather is number one without a doubt. Is it hard? Um, you know, balancing, um, it's hard for everyone to balance work life and motherhood. And what's it like for you? Funny. I, I sort of like, I, I don't relate to when people say balancing it out because I never feel like there ever is a true balance. What does that really mean? I had one friend who was very adamant about this book that she wrote and I, I, we kind of debated about it because I said, um, I feel more like a juggler, right? Like a clown who's juggling balls and I have all these balls that I'm trying to keep going. And she didn't like that analogy. She thought, you're not a juggler, you know, we're learning to balance. And I said, well, you know what? A juggler needs, requires balance, right? You have to have balance in order to be able to juggle these balls. So if you want to go with that kind of framework around it, sure, that's how I'm balancing it. I'm juggling a bunch of balls. So yep. there it is. Nothing, nothing, I mean, even though juggling requires a sense of like having an even speed and even rotation, I, nothing really feels that even in my life. It's sort of sometimes then things get more attention at a certain time than others. In the end, I just feel like eventually it will all work out and I have to allow myself some grace and give myself credit sometimes too. Because sometimes we, as a mom of multiple children, <laughs> we can um, tend to get you know hard on ourselves about things. So I try to remind myself to give myself grace and credit that I'm actually doing a better job than I think I am. Yeah. Mom guilt is real. (laughs) Oh, yes. 100%. It's crazy. 
I, I feel like when you're, when you're at work, you feel guilty that you're not with your kids. And when, with your, when you're with your kids, you feel guilty that you're not giving enough to your career. It's just kind of like that, you know, but I think like you said, that's, uh, it's very good to keep in mind that, you know, give yourself credit because right. no, you are I doing did. a good job. Yeah. And I've come to realize that I truly believe that most mothers and parents, it's not, let's not forget the dads, right? are really doing the best that they can with what they have and what they know. Because let's face it, like our children, when they get older in their twenties and they become adults, they're going to find something that they feel we didn't do right or we could have done better, right? Cause we can say that about our parents, right? As wonderful as everyone's parent, they may think their parents are, I believe there's probably at least one thing you wish your parents did differently, right? So I go with the mindset of like, listen, I'm doing the best that I feel like I can do. And I know I'm trying my best for sure. Whatever it is that my children will feel like they wish I did better or differently, I just hope it comes with the most minimal damage possible, right? Uh, <laughs> we all need therapy, so, you know. I, I may not find out what that is until they're you know, possibly maybe in therapy in their 30s, but hopefully it won't be as detrimental as maybe from other things, right? So. Hopefully it'll just be like, she never made me the, you know, my favorite dinner, right. you know. Right. My mom didn't really bake that much. I wish she baked more. Yeah, that would be lovely. I hope that's the worst criticism they have of me as a parent. Yes, exactly. I'm okay with that. Hold on one second. I'm just plugging in my, I'm going to edit that out, but I'm going to, I'm scared that this, this computer is going to die. One second. Let me just make sure we got this. Okay. I think that's that. And let me just find an outlet. Hold on. Oh boy. Oh, perfect. Right here. Just make sure it's charging. That is not it. Nope. Why isn't it charging? Why isn't it charging? Sorry. It's okay. Oh, perfect. Okay. <laughs> Back on track now. Amazing. Okay. So recently, um, you, as we said before, you won in your Emmy. Yes. And please, I mean, I would love to know just how, what was that experience like for you when you found out you won? And it's just like, I mean, how, how do you feel about it? It was amazing. The Emmys were supposed to be in person, of course, back in April. And due to the pandemic, they decided to hold a virtual ceremony, which I thought was, okay, let's see how this is going to look. <laughs> and I was already nominated in two categories, one for uh, a show that I host um, regarding stories from 9-11, which I had been nominated um, with pri previously in previous years. And then there was the weather nomination for a weather special that the weather team and I had done. So we, the ceremony was done online. They had pre-recorded the opening of the envelopes and the announcements of the nominees and winners. So when you tuned in that evening live, you, you saw the recorded segments, but you were finding out live that you won, right? So I was, it was on a Saturday night. I was actually working from home at this point because of the pandemic. I had a home studio and the ceremony was around seven o'clock, which is in between my six and 10 o'clock newscasts. So it was kind of sort of during my dinner break. So I was watching online. Um, I had changed into an, an Emmy dress, like full sequin dress, just for good luck, right? And of course, I was making my children watch it with me because I wanted them to be with me. They were getting bored after a while because it was taking a while for like my category to come up. I didn't win the first category regarding the 9-11 special. And it was already close to 9.30 and the weather category hadn't come up yet. And I was getting worried because I still had to get on the air for 10 o'clock news. And I thought, oh my gosh, I, I have to get ready for the broadcast. I can't 
sit here attached to the computer. So I stepped away from the computer to quickly, oh, because what happened was I realized it was too late for me to change back into my on-air clothes. So I said, let me get a jacket just to cover the sequin dress because it was too much to wear on air. <laughs> when I ran back to the living room to look at the computer, that's when the weather category came up. And so I screamed to my kids, I'm like, come here, come here, come here. And um, they announced it. And I literally like flipped out. It was like, I started crying. My children got scared because they said, why are you crying? Oh <laughs> and I said, God. mommy's so happy. And um, I immediately uh, called my mother, told her, and then um, put, quickly put something on Instagram, right? And then jumped into my seat where I had my home studio to get ready for the newscast because it's like, oh my God. And, um, and I te- also, I text my weather team to let them know that we won. So I tried not to pay attention to my phone because I was preparing for the broadcast, but my phone was blowing up <laughs> with texts and my phone started ringing. My brother calls me. I said, oh my God, I, I guess I won. I'll call you after the newscast. And I basically went on the air like shaking because it was so surreal, the whole thing. And I literally had to wait till after 11 to return anyone's phone calls, messages or anything because I was so focused on doing the weather. Made no mention of it on air because again, it was so surreal. I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking clearly. Luckily the weather was quiet that evening. <laughs> so I didn't have to think too hard. And yeah, that was, I got to the newscast after, as soon as 11 o'clock came, I called back my brother, both my brothers, um, returned messages and texts. And I think I was up till 1.30 in the morning that night returning messages and texts. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy and it was amazing. And the best part about it is not only was it my first Emmy, it was the first Emmy for my entire weather team, for each one of them. So it was just a really, really wonderful win. And what does that feel like in terms of your career and your, you know, your accomplishments? You know, it's just one of those, one of those career boxes you just love to check. It's like, but I'm checking it with like a gold marker, like, yes, (laughs) you know, and I love it. You know, it, you know, it's, it just feels so accomplished. It's wonderful. I've had over a 20 year career doing this and it, again, it just, it's amazing. It's an unexplainable feeling. It's a feeling of wonderful satisfaction that your hard work has been acknowledged and not only that, but it's being acknowledged by your peers, which is amazing because the way the voting happens is you're really being voted by other weather people in the country. So it's, you know, it's really, really an honor. And I absolutely am fully grateful for the entire experience. (laughs) Wow. And let's, I mean, talking about, um, you said you're wearing your sequins dress. (laughs) Yes, I was. I took a picture. Oh, and I took a picture and put on Instagram of me in that dress and I'm wearing Crocs. By the way, because that's such a thing now, like you dress on the top and then you could be wearing whatever you want. Like, pajamas on the bottom totally i mean and usually i don't during the pandemic i actually made it a point to get dressed fully the only thing that was would have been casual were the crocs and the crocs are funny because i don't consider myself a crocs wearer however what happened was my teenage daughter had ordered these white slides a while ago and actually i ordered her shoes for her she got the white ones she didn't like the white ones she wanted a different color and so i tried them on and i thought oh my god these are comfortable I never, do you know how comfortable Crocs are? I actually don't. Cause like, I also like, I've never worn them. Right. I, they didn't, I'll, I'll admit visually, they did not appeal to me. But once I put them on, I was like, oh my God, now I understand the, the hype. They are so comfortable. So 
I, those white slides became my, like my pandemic shoe at home. My stay at home outfits all involved. Like I would get dressed from head to head to ankle. Right. And then, then, and then there were the white Crocs. So I posted my photos every day of what I was wearing to inspire other people to get dressed (laughs) during the pandemic, (laughs) like out of their like sweats. Yet I was always wearing the white Crocs. So of course the white Crocs had to be included with my Emmy dress since I was staying at home. That's hysterical. So, I mean, what is it like in terms of, okay, so I, I think let's let's do first like your typical, um, you know, when you're actually, um, you know, with the hair and makeup people before the pandemic, how mm-hmm. does your wardrobe get, you know, h- how much collaboration is there between you and whoever's, I guess, do people pick the outfits for you? Do you pick them? How does that work? Oh, you'll be surprised to hear this. Um, I dress myself. I shop for myself. I dress myself. There's, I'm my, I am my own weather department. <laughs> I mean, my own wardrobe department. <laughs> and I'm my own weather department too. <laughs> I do it all. Yeah, I do not have a stylist. I pick and choose everything of my own. And yeah, it's all me. The hair and makeup. Yes, we had hair and makeup people at work. However, um, since the pandemic hit, that has not happened. So I've been doing my own hair and makeup since March. <laughs> Luckily, I've learned from the best in the business. So I've been able to pass, <laughs> pass myself off. <laughs> I think done. you look, you, you're doing fine. You're doing yeah. clearly. <laughs> I've always been a hair person. I have to, I will admit that I know how to do my hair. The makeup was always a struggle, but I think I've gathered enough tips that I've been able to make it, make myself pass. <laughs> yes. Is that a typical thing for, um, you know, meteorologists or whoever is that on camera is to do their own to get to pick their own outfits or um i i know there's some people in my career i've crossed paths with who have had stylists mm-hmm. at the network level when i filled in a network yes there are stylists at the network level on the local level um there was never really a stylist per se. They would be more like a styling department sometimes. At, at, particularly at one station I worked at, there was someone who was like giving the thumbs up or thumbs down on outfits type of thing. But everywhere else, it was um, basically I picked it out myself. Yes, if I recall. And I think over time, I developed my own style. And if I ever wore anything that a news director or someone higher up would question or have a thumbs down opinion on, they would let me know. <laughs> and that would be eliminated from the wardrobe. <laughs> but most of the time, definitely at this point in my career, um, I, I rarely hear any any rejections of anything. I, I don't even remember the last time I heard a rejection of something I wore. That's great. And it gives you that freedom, you know, just to express yourself in a way. I mean, obviously you're going into it thinking, you know, people are seeing this. <laughs> Lots right. of people. Right. There is a, a responsibility to still remain professional, right? I don't wear what, you know, what I would wear going on on a Saturday night is not necessarily what I would wear at work on Saturday night, right? Yes. <laughs> um, so, and again, after being in this business for quite some time, I now come to um, know what is the proper thing to wear on air. And proper meaning still adjusting to me, right? And having it look like me, be my style, that kind of thing. And also things that, that favor my body type, also my presentation, because uh, one thing about doing the weather, I tend to stray away from patterns on my dresses because you know, I'm already standing in front of a weather graphic that has a lot of color or you know elements like cold fronts and warm fronts, things like that. Things that the, in other words, my, I know that the point is for the viewer to be looking at the map 
not necessarily me. And so I try not to become a distraction to the map by wearing some crazy pattern. So most of that's why most of the things you'll see me wear are solids. Maybe, you know, occasional color blocking, things like that. However, you won't see me in like a gingham print, you know, in front of a weather map. Yes. And what's your favorite silhouette to wear on a on air? Like do you like the sheath, like simple and straight, or do you play with like right. any fit and flare styles? I definitely wear more body hugging things. I um, I I think that part of that is being um, Puerto Rican. <laughs> we we love our curves. I think it's a flattering shape for me. A wrap dress is like my perfect dress. That's the most flattering. Ruching is always every girl's best friend, right? <laughs> Um, yes. Things like that. Uh, I tend to uh, in the summer. I really do tend to wear sleeveless dresses. I I do like the way my arms look from working out, so I tend to um, show them off. You won't find me in low cut things. I find that distracting. Uh, you also won't find me in very short things. I think that's distracting. Also, um, pleats are a no for me. Um, balloon bottoms are a no for me. <laughs> Generally, I guess the sheath. A silhouette and a wrap dress would be my ideal picks. It's interesting, though, that you mentioned the whole, like, you know, not low cut and not too short and that being distracting. Because, I mean, I, you know, I'm an Orthodox Jew and I have, I wear, you know, I dress according to my level of modesty. But um, I do find, like, that there is a certain refinement to dressing, you know, covered, but obviously, you know, you could still, it could still be, you know, you could still show off your shape. You could still like, there's a way to do it, but there is that element where, you know, you're not going to see, usually you're not going to see, like, I just went to this exhibit actually in Washington, DC. We were just there for the week and at the, it was the National Museum of American History and they have this exhibit. Museum. Yes. They have an exhibit of all the president's wives, the dresses. The dresses. Yes. That was a phenomenal exhibit. Yes. And, and it's like, and it, it has like their, the gowns, the actual gowns that they wore to, I think the inaugural uh, dress or celebration. Yeah, right. um, and it was just so interesting to see that, you know, a lot of, most of them, most of the dresses were quite covered, you know, mm -hmm. because, and, and, but yet again, you know, like it was still, they were also beautiful. I don't yeah, know. That, that was one of my favorite exhibits in all of Washington, D.C. And I also love that they had the China that the, each first lady had chosen to be the official China of the White House. Because I didn't realize this, but every first lady gets to pick China that, that goes into the White House, I guess, for the time that they're in the White House. But yes, the dress exhibit is amazing. If anyone goes to Washington, D.C., must see that. Yes. And uh, obviously, it's just cool to see like how the you know, like how the, the first lady would influence, you know, everyone's style, the fashion choices of the yeah. time. And it reflected yeah. the period. It was just, you know, the whole thing, just like. Yes, very I cool. agree. And like you said, like they, and they looked attractive most for the most part in the things that they wore. And the same thing, I think I, I do the same thing with what I do. I, like you, we've talked about being, there's a way to be modest and still attractive. Modesty does not necessarily mean like 
unattractive, right? You can still be appealing and not show off everything, right? Yes. That's what I tend to do. Yeah, I, I, I want people to be watching the weather forecast to find out about the weather, right? And I, I what, yes, I'm a part of that presentation. However, I don't think my body should be the distraction, right? So uh, while I, I do like silhouettes and things that are body hugging, I don't think they're necessarily revealing. How would you describe your off-duty style? Oh, that's a whole other thing, right? <laughs> 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 <Let it> hang out. <laughs> no, no. Um, definitely different from my on-air style. I think I would call myself more casual chic off-camera. I definitely go with the trends off-camera, as you can see now in my tie-dye. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yet, um, the funny thing is I rarely wear dresses off-camera. I do like to wear dresses occasionally. However, like you will never find me wearing something I wore on-camera, off-camera. Mm. Like my on-camera presentation is definitely not my off-camera at all. I tend to wear more jeans, pants, tops because I'm wearing dresses all the time at work. It's funny because I feel like it's the best of both worlds. I, you know, I feel like dresses are made for, since I wear so many at work, I don't really need to wear them off camera. Although in the summer, I will tend to wear a little bit more cutesy dresses. And that's also when I'll wear pattern dresses, like dresses that I would not be able to wear on air, like strapless dresses or maxi dresses. I do love a good maxi dress. That's not that's not a good look for on air. However, off air, it's a wonderful look, right? And I love it with sandals in the summer. Um, yeah. And then I love boots. I love boots and I love high heel boots, booties, the whole thing. It's probably the only thing I really enjoy about winter. Cause I really like hot weather over cold weather. <laughs> I do like boots. So I tend to wear a lot of boots, whether it's jeans and pants and leggings, whatever. I'll, I can dress up anything with a good boot. <laughs> Well, I love seeing how you like on your Instagram, you pair what your, you have your outfit and it complements like your caption, which will say, you know, this is the weather today and you're wearing this look and it kind of like fuses the fashion and the weather. Yes. Super important. I mean, really, isn't that why everybody watches the weather first thing in the morning to figure out what to wear? <laughs> right? Yes. Super influential in our choices. The weather influences the choices we make in our wardrobe every day. So. Yes, I and I love talking about that on Instagram, especially because Instagram is such a visual medium. It, that's the perfect place to have a picture of what I'm wearing and why I'm wearing it because of the weather of the day. Like this morning, I put the post of um, that it's codigan season. You know, the, the codigan, which is a combination of a cardigan that's really long and thick. So it's more like a, kind of a coat, but it's not exactly a coat, but it's not exactly a light cardigan either. <laughs> Right oh now, gosh, I think you just taught me something. Like, I really, I never heard that term before. Really? Oh my yes. God. I don't even, I think I just recently heard it too. Like in maybe like in the last several months. Um, I hadn't, it's not something I've known in a long time. However, I have a, I have an awesome coat again right now. It's like my staple piece. I've been wearing it every day because we're sort of in a uh, weather pattern right now where it's cool in the morning, right? You want to you, it's almost like you could wear a coat, but you know by noon you're going to shed the coat and you need something that's not as heavy. The coat again is perfect because while it can be thick and cozy in the morning, it, you can have it opened up by midday. And then in the afternoon, if you wanted to shed a layer, you could actually be holding it and it's not like a, holding a coat, right? It's still a sweater. Or you could actually still have it on. Maybe it'll be a little bit warm, but it's not as thick as wearing a coat. That's well, uh, what brand is yours that you're, uh, that oh. you're wearing? I don't know, but it's tagged on my Instagram. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to go after this. I'm going to go check it out. I need to get myself a coat again. 
<gasps> yeah. But that makes sense. And oh, I mean, oh my gosh, I love, I mean, I do like the fall, but it's such a tricky time to get dressed. Like you don't know what to wear, like you said. Yeah, layers are the best at this time of year. Um, cause yeah, it's cold in the morning it, and then if it's a sunny day, it really feels like it could feel borderline hot when you're standing on the sunny side of the street. Right. So, and it's funny cause I often like to be on the sunny side of the street cause I like it. I like to be warm and feel the sun, but I would offer that for people. Like if you're feeling too hot, then walk on the shady side of the street, right? Because you want to be comfortable, but layers are best at this time of year because they're easily removable. You know, you just take a sweater off or a blazer. Um, yeah. Do you always have, what are your essentials? Like, do you always have an umbrella packed in your glove compartment for inclement weather? You know, what, what, what would you, what would advice would you give us? You know, ladies out there who don't know what to expect, even though we, I mean, every weather is unpredictable. So even someone like yourself, who obviously, you know, predicts weather, you know, you could be wrong. Michal, clearly you're not following me. I am rarely wrong. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I am always prepared for whatever the weather is. <laughs> uh, I do have a crazy stash of umbrellas. Umbrellas, um, it's funny, like I really like a good stylish umbrella. I'm all about patterns. My favorite umbrella line is by Betsy Johnson. Betsy Johnson, she makes incredible, like fun umbrellas that the umbrella itself could actually be like the fashionable piece of your entire outfit. <laughs> they're bold, they're colorful, great patterns. Another great um, like fashionable umbrella line is from the store BB. You know BB oh, that makes yeah. bandage dresses? <laughs> They have great umbrellas too, like as far as the fashion sense is concerned. Um, you know, they're not the durable wind buster ones. However, if you want something cute, those are the two lines I recommend. And so I have a crazy amount of like trendy looking umbrellas. So yeah. And it's funny because my kids will sometimes be like, can we just have a plain black one? <laughs> I have like leopard and zebra and polka dots, and fuchsia pinks and all this stuff. But I, cause I consider it as an accessory as part of my outfit. Yeah, that's a whole nother um, element. I never really take the time to think about because I'm just, I'm like a, I'm like a dresses, like a clothing girl. It took me time to get into the accessories and mm -hmm. I'm still like, you know, I do appreciate, I, I really appreciate them on other people. And it's just like, you know, um, it's just like, then you have to start thinking about, okay, well, I have a printed umbrella, so I have to wear an old, like, one, one color dress and, like, you know, or, 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 you know, or you can mix prints and, you know, go for it, which... That's a whole other thing, right? Do. You're right. Accessories, accessories can be overwhelming. Like, you know, and meanwhile, they really can transform any outfit. You could wear the plainest thing. You could, you could seriously be, like, a white t-shirt and jeans and your, excessive, your accessories will, like, blow up your outfit. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and there is a skill to it. I have a friend, um, her name is Masali Priest. She actually runs a lot. She has a line of um, turbans, but she does, does work with um, styling people. And, you know, I won a, a styling session with her at a raffle at some event that we were at. And it was fun because I actually know her. So it was kind of fun to win it because we're friends. And she came to my closet a couple of years ago at my apartment and taught me the art of like, textures and accessories, how they can really transform your outfits. And she really started me on learning how to do that. Um, but it really, it's unbelievable the things that can be done with accessories. Yeah.
and I have this one girl at work who she's major on accessories. And I went to her apartment once to help her because she was moving and she wanted to sell some stuff on eBay and such. And so I was helping her with that. And her, she had like a closet of just accessories, like a part of, I'm sorry, part of her closet, like in a whole wall was filled with all this stuff and so organized. It looked like, it looked like an accessory store, right? Wow. And I was so impressed with like, wow, it's like major. That's a whole other fashion element. I'm not even like that well versed in, but I, I do appreciate how much you could transform an outfit. Yes, I, I need to tap into that more, I think, after I organize my closet like uh, like your friend. Yes. It's yes. definitely and easier when you, like I've been watching the home edit and it's very inspiring. <laughs> oh, I did catch an episode of that. that, that that's a good show. Yes. Yeah, it it really is. But you know, and then well, my husband was making fun of me and he's he he was basically saying I'm not organized, <laughs> which I took offense to. But it's but, amazing when your closet is organized, how much better it just feels getting dressed. Um doing a closet edit is really like it is super important. It yeah. really is. Not just for like how to figure out what to wear, but just even for peace of mind. You know, when you go in the closet, you don't feel so overwhelmed when everything's like neat and organized. And maybe not even just neat, just organized, right? Even if it's by color or like um, category, it all helps. Then, yes. Because I learned that early in my career. Like I have a section in my closet, like one of the bars is um, just my dresses for work. And I rotate the dresses. In other words, whatever dress I just wore, it goes to the back of the lineup. So that's how I know when I last wore something. And I know if something's at the front of the lineup, I haven't worn it in probably like two months at least. <laughs> so... Um, and that's how I keep it fresh whenever I'm on air. You, so you're allowed to repeat. Oh yes, I do repeat. I have dresses I've had for years, years, because I have a lot of. I have way too many dresses. <laughs> I have. I have a lot of dresses. Uh, I pro- I would probably have so much fun in your closet. Oh my goodness, oh, yeah. you probably have an amazing closet. My closet it's small, but it's good because I I did do the California closet thing when I first moved into my apartment, and I have what. Well, it's funny in New York City when you know you get an apartment and they sell it to you as like a walk-in closet. My really in New York City, it's I call it, it's a step-in closet. I can step into it, right? It's not a walk a walk-in closet to me is like a room, right? Yeah, like like, sure. actually, like like a runway walk into a room, right? You know, my closet, I it's a step-in closet, so it's large enough for me to. Um, do with the California closet thing, which I did. And that's helpful because, you know, again, I can categorize everything. Um, but what I would love, been- like every woman, I would love a bigger closet. I would love, you know, to transform a bedroom into a closet. That would be the dream. Oh my gosh. I think I saw one episode. It was uh, Rachel Zoe mm-hmm. with, and she just had a magnificent closet. Oh, I, can, I can imagine. You know, people have like islands in the middle, couches. Like, okay like guilty pleasure of mine is the real housewives franchise the show on bravo right and their closets are i mean insane i have major closet envy for all the women that do all of those shows <laughs> their closets are amazing what has been the your most what are your most favorite looks that you've worn just in general Interesting. Um, I really was into the leather legging look last season or last winter. Um, I had already owned leather leg. I've been wearing leather leggings for like a long time, way before like Spanx made it huge last year. <laughs> so when that trend hit last year, I ran with it. I was like, oh yes, I can break out all my leather patch pants. Um, I love, I love leggings and not like leggings, like, you know, the old ratty leggings with a tunic look, I'm, you know, mine are usually fashionable. Most of mine are actually from, um, 
Zara, which is yeah. one of my favorite stores to shop in. And then this phenomenal store, I mean, phenomenal store that went bankrupt and out of business. I don't know why, how, and why someone hasn't picked up. It was a store called Cache. Oh yeah, I remember them. Oh God, if any, if any store ever fit my body the best, it was that one. That was the golden ticket to so many of my looks for so many years. I, it, I cried when that, just, when that business went under. I don't know why it happened and why someone didn't pick it up because no one made dresses, especially a wrap dress like Cache did. So I still have many and I still scour um, like eBay and Poshmark looking <laughs> for those. So, um, so yeah, but in Cache, they also had amazing pants that were like jeggings, leggings types with prints of all kind and textures. And so I tend to, I enjoy a look where my bottoms have a texture to them whether it's a print or um, a paisley on it or an embroidery of some sort, always with boots. I love boots <laughs> and um, some sort of top. I would, yeah, that would be my, that would be my, my go-to look when I'm not on camera. What about um, from the looks that you've worn on camera? What have any designers or brands come to mind? Again, Cache was my favorite for on air. It was amazing. Um, Calvin Klein actually is one a lot of, I have a lot of Calvin Klein in my closet. I guess it's just the way they cut their dresses. They fit me perfectly. And that's what I tend to do. I will tend to um, find a brand or designer that fits me well. And I'll just, you know, really run with it and purchase many things from their line and also keep an eye on what else they come up with. It's like, you know, if I'm shopping on Macy's.com, I'll automatically look up like Calvin Klein or Vince Camuto and just look at what's under there first before I would even look through the whole dress sections, you know? Because you um, just know that it fits you. And it, I mean, it, it just flatters you. Exactly. Once you know what, 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 flat, what, what your body, like what fits your body well and what you look great in or feel great in, most importantly, then you tend to, I tend to stick to whatever brands those are. Oh, another one is a catalog brand that I don't know if a lot of people know. It's called Venus. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, a lot of my stuff is from there as well, including my off-air stuff. Again, because they their clothes are sh- perfectly like made for my body. And it's about knowing what, what you feel good in and look good in, I think. Because I'm not big on um, whatever the price tag is or the designer is. I, that's just not my thing. Um, I'm more about how does it look on me? <laughs> I couldn't yes. care less who the designer is. Does it look good on me? That's what I care about. <laughs> and if it does, and I've had a couple of things that look good on me from that same like the same brand, then I'm running with it. <laughs> what about your sequin dress that you wore for your for your Emmy win? That was from Venus. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Dress was from Venus. Mm-hmm. You need to be a spokeswoman for. <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing! I'm ridiculous how much of their stuff I've worn. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know I love their. Another you, know, you know what I'm I'm disappointed about was is that I feel like Victoria's Secret. Interestingly, they used to have a lot more clothing. Yes, they did. And I liked their clothing. Like I remember getting their catalogs, mm-hmm. and like seeing the sweaters and the turtlenecks and the dress. And I but now like I've been going onto their website, and I just feel like the their clothing options have kind of like minimized. Yeah. They they did they t- they announced that they were not canceling. I I thought it was canceling completely their clothing options like years ago. It was a long oh, yeah. time ago, wasn't it? Like a decade ago. Maybe. But they have, they do have, they have some, yeah. But I, I just, yeah. But I definitely think Venus is definitely one of the one of the good ones. You know what you write about Victoria's Secret because the pink line has um, a lot of 
it's more like like stuff that college girls would wear. Right? It's a lot of cas- casual wear. Um, although they do really have really great black leggings at Pink. They have a really good black legging collection. I'm going to explore this whole le- leather legging look. <gasps> I, I wonder what it would look like under a skirt. I've seen people do it mm-hmm. um, because it I need to wear... It would depend how thick the leather is. Like you wouldn't like, because the ones that I'm wearing are more like a leather pants, but they, yeah. they, but they, um, they wear like a legging and I wear colored leather. Like it's not just all black. Like I have a great like emerald green from Zara. There's a bone colored leather I have, a maroon. Yeah. Sounds really cute. <laughs> it is. It Where's is. your uh, sweatshirt from that you're wearing? The tie dye. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This one, this one's from Rent the Runway. That's another secret of mine. Rent the Runway is a um, huge part of my wardrobe as well. And you just send it back like you have a few days to rent it or a week, I think. I do the unlimited subscription. So for a certain price a month, I get unlimited rotation of four pieces at a time. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's totally transformed my closet because I've whittled down my closet to just basically what I would really wear or need. There's not a lot of extra, although even though my closet's still full, <laughs> there's less extra stuff because Rent the Runway um, let, allows me to, you know, just have fresh looks all the time. So half of my dresses now on air are from Rent the Runway. That's really cool. Well, yeah, I know. I've, I've never tried it because I oh. always looked at them. I know. You're like, what is like, hello? <laughs> change your life it will change your fashion life it's unbelievable yeah, because you're wearing pieces like i wear pieces that are an exorbitant amount of money that i would never spend like you know there could be sweaters that were five hundred dollars and i'm renting you know it's i think i pay like 149 a month and for as many pieces as i want one piece alone is already like it pays for itself right because i'm not going to pay five hundred dollars for a sweater that's just not my thing. but i can rent you know like 10 sweaters in one month for 150 wow i want so yeah and it's great because also it's a way to explore higher end designers without paying the cost right so because I, I have found a few that i really really love um like scotch and soda. Mm-hmm. I would have never I would have never bought a piece from scotch and soda because of the price tag, but now I get to wear scotch and soda through rent the runway at like a you know a fraction of the cost. Hair Leger, I mean hello, yeah. the, the better band is dressed in Hair Leger, right? But they're mm-hmm. like a thousand dollars. No, I'm rent now I get it at rent the runway. Because I mean if, if you spend a thousand dollars on a dress, how many times are you gonna wear that dress? You know, especially for me with the on air stuff, it's great for me to turn over my wardrobe regularly and not have to invest thousands and thousands of dollars. And things that I'm that may be too trendy for me to wear next year, or I may just not get enough wear out of it that it makes I don't know, it's just not worth it to me. <laughs> well, I'm gonna definitely check it out. I think I always like looked at it as more of like if I needed a gown or right. a cocktail dress, but I never thought about it as like something that you could just like, oh, I can just have like a, a cool sweater and wear it a few times and like get fun like the, that because I yeah. like to change things up a lot. I use it for my, even my everyday wear. And you know where it's really beneficial is in the winter for coats because I stopped buying coats because I just get a, I can go through like three coats a season with Rent the Runway. In fact, last year, no, no, it was, yeah, it was last year. I had an amazing, amazing blue coat with this amazing collar. It's absolutely stunning. I was stopped on the street all the time with this coat. I ended up buying the coat. Oh, it's another thing. If you really like something, you can end up buying it at a, at a discount. Mm. And um, again, it was a coat that I would have never thought to buy or even find anywhere because I wasn't looking. So I was able to rent it for like a month. And then I realized I'm, I'm wearing this coat so much. I absolutely love it. I don't even want to send it back. I'm going to buy it. 
Wow. So, and then you get it at a discount. And again, but uh, I was able to rotate like three or four coats through the winter, which is really nice because you get to change the look. And now this winter will come and I'll have four new looks, you know? Sounds gorgeous. Yeah, it sounds, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great idea. I'm taking notes. <laughs> and then there's more room in my closet because I don't have all these coats in my closet, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the statement coat, I mean, that's what everybody sees when you're walking around the winter. Right. Especially in New York where we walk everywhere. Yeah, definitely. You know? Coat is everything. So what do you think about, I mean, I think you're, I think I saw somewhere that at some point you were dabbling in fashion or designing some kind of lines. I definitely know that you, I think you have a passion for fashion. Mm-hmm. I do. Separate from your career that you're in now? Yes. Um, well, two things, I guess, come to mind. One is when I was doing the weather in Savannah, Georgia, it was my very first TV job. Actually, I should back that up. I had, a, I had a vision of working in the fashion industry a long time ago. And I got, you know, basically I got into weather because I love weather. However, when I, when I had my first TV job, um, I was laid off because they canceled the morning newscast and everyone had gotten laid off. And I had, I was getting a lot of job offers that were lateral moves in my career. It wasn't anything that was moving me up. And I actually considered going to FIT in New York City, the Fashion Institute of Technology, because a while back previously, I had a vision of becoming a wardrobe stylist for either a, like a rock and roll band or a TV show. <laughs> that was always like kind of like a dream side career because in my in my like teens and 20s I used to watch a soap opera called As the World Turns mm-hmm. I don't remember that okay there was a character on As the World Turns oh my god I forgot the name of the character but the woman's name the actress's name was I think Julie Snyder right Julie okay it was Julie but she was so fashionable so fashionable I ended up finding out the phone number for the wardrobe department of As the World Turns and I would call them like at least once or twice a week asking them, where did you get that hat? Where did you get that jacket that, you, that the character was wearing all the time? And they would tell me where they got it. Wow. And I thought, and then I, I ended up being like, like that person that was constantly calling the weather department, I mean the wardrobe department and chatting with the women there and just learned a little bit about that. And I thought, wow, that sounds like a great job. You get to shop and like dress people and it just sounded such a great thing. So so yeah, so that was something I actually thought of. And then fast forward, when I had my first daughter, um, I loved rhinestones and I would buy her the you know, t-shirts you'd see in the stores with rhinestones on them, but the rhinestones would always fall off after one wash. And I'd be like, this is such a waste of money. This is crazy. So one day I went online and just, just found out how to create the shirts and learned how to basically make templates where you can create your own rhinestone transfers and have the heat iron and iron them on the shirt and have them stay. And I went to a trade show here in New York at the Jacob Javits Center to learn about, it was a children's trade show, like children's clothing line, and basically started talking to people through the floor about how these shirts were created and started developing my own shirts. All all because I just wanted to dress my daughter up in the rhinestone shirts. But what happened was other mommies would ask me at the preschool, where did you get that shirt? And I would tell them, I made it. And I'm like, how did you do that? And I'd say, oh, yeah, I ordered the shirts wholesale. I got a wholesale license, <laughs> ordered the rhinestones. I found a place in the, in the fashion um, district where I could get the uh, transfers. I, I actually bought myself a professional heat iron that I would press the shirts and everything. <laughs> so, so my friends would ask me, can you make me one for my daughter? Then they would ask me to do them for birthday gifts. And then I started doing them as party favors at my own daughter's birthday party. And it was so fun to see the little girls like rip the packages open. They wanted to wear the shirts immediately. They loved the bling. And I had the top stones. I had like Swarovski crystals on these shirts. These were like not cheap stones. These were like the really blingy, shiny ones. 
And so then it started sparking off. Like I started doing like, um, not trade shows, but I would go to the schools in the area and have a table set up whenever they would have like a spring fair and just started selling shirts. So I started, I created like a kid's t-shirt line for a little while and did that while my kids were really little. It was super, it was really, I just did it because it was fun. (laughs) It was just fun. So there's the many, the many levels of, of uh, Audrey Puente, right? There's so many facets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. You've accomplished so much in your career as a meteorologist, a feature reporter. What advice would you give women out there, you know, looking to pursue your, you know, a career in, you know, reporting or meteorology? What would you, what advice would you give them? I mean, I think it would go to what we talked about at first about passion. I mean, it's really about finding out what do you love? What would you be willing, what would you love to do that we weren't even getting paid to do it? That's the thing. And this, and I mean, in this day and age with the internet, it's unbelievable. Like anything is possible, anything to pursue whatever you want. There's so many different ways um, of creating careers and businesses today that whatever it is that you're passionate about and absolutely love spending time doing, go for it. And, and if you're a stay-at-home mom, like uh, the online thing is just so amazing for stay-at-home moms. I know so many that have created businesses from home. You don't even need to be going anywhere, right? <laughs> like to actually yeah. learn, to have a career in something. It's amazing. It's just about really finding what you love to do. It has to be something you love because if it's not something you love, I, it's just a drag. And then you have, you're one of those people that has that oh my God, I got to go back to work on Monday. I mean, people who are living for the weekend, right? Like, yes. I, don't know, yeah. I don't have that mindset. I don't live for the weekend because I'm not running from my job. I actually love it. What advice would you have given yourself like your 10, 10 years ago, if you could? I would say to that, Audrey, do it all. Don't hold back. Manifest your dreams. All you want to, all you want to achieve is actually possible. Just go for it. Yep. That's, that's, I, yeah, I do think a lot of times we tend to hold ourselves back. Like, I mean, people ask me, oh, what's your, you know, what are your goals for the future? They ask me that because I actually, I am a special ed teacher during the day. And then I write a fashion column for the Jewish press and I have this podcast on the side. So a lot of times I'll tell people, well, in 10 years from now, I would love to be, you know, a personal shopper or a stylist. And they're like, why are you saying 10 years from now? You know, like it should be your five-year plan. (laughs) now right that's true because really the the it's interesting um the loudest conversations or loudest criticisms i think one has are the ones we're having inside our head right we're our own biggest critics we're the ones that people will often say you know that they're being held back by a boss the circumstances the president the pandemic whatever it is but really the only thing that's holding you back is yourself right? It's the conversation you're having inside your head about why you think things can't happen because really they can. If you really like put it down on paper and like figure it out objectively, anything's really possible. Yes. Very good advice. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, it's sometimes, you know, you could give other people this amazing advice, but then it's hard to, you know, um, what's that word? I don't know. Follow it yourself. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking of a fancy word, but (laughs) it's true. I, I mean, yeah, there's things that I have yet to do that I'm just like, sometimes and I'm like, well, listen, the difference between someone who's actually doing it and someone who's not is all in the mindset. The person who's doing it said, yes, I'm going to do it and did it. And the person who's not doing it found the excuse why they couldn't, right? So we either get to be committed to the vision or we get to be committed to our excuses. We get to choose. Very true. 
I mean, it's amazing. You know, I don't know how you do it all. I, I know you, you're, I, I, I mean, I think you're a super mom. <laughs> and I'm very excited for the future for you. And I'm so glad that you came on with us and just shared your inspirations. Um, thank you so much, Audrey. I really appreciate it. Congratulations on the Emmy win again. Thank you. So excited yes and and i just i just thought it was so cool just to hear like all the at like i i really didn't know all these things like you know how much went into you know what you do and the behind the scenes and and you know and so i really appreciate it thank you so much you're so welcome. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> I know. See, after after this pandemic is over, we should meet for a cup of coffee. Absolutely. I would love that. Yes. I would love that. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Fashion Detour. I'm available for personal styling and personal shopping. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can always reach out to me through my email, michal at thefashiondetour.com. And on Instagram, you're welcome to direct message me at The Fashion Detour for any of your shopping and styling needs and questions. Thank you so much and have a great week. Misplaced